Welcome to the Jesus Never Ran podcast, where we focus on making time in our lives to make a difference in this world. I'm your host and eternal optimist, Matt Kinzera. Let's take a walk. Hey, no interview this week. You are stuck with me for the whole time as we look at another story about Jesus. This time we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer. And before you turn it off, I promise you it's not going to be as boring as it sounds. There is a lot underneath the surface. As we work to live life with purpose and make a difference in this world, it's so important to relax and enjoy life. One of the best ways to do that is with a glass of wine or your favorite cocktail. My favorite, Infinity Beverages. You can find them at www.infinitybeverages.com. Order online and they will deliver it right to you. Or if you're in northwestern Wisconsin, you can stop by their tasting lounge at 3460 Mall Drive in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Maybe even take a tour with expert winemaker Matthew Rick. That's Infinity Beverages, proud sponsors of the Jesus Never Ran podcast. I grew up in the Catholic Church. It's a big part of my story. I went to Catholic school every Sunday. I was at Catholic Mass. It's just what we did. And I know a lot of people will tell you horror stories about how horrible it was uh, having to sit through those long masses or, or how horrible it was going to Catholic school and getting beat up by nuns or whatever their stories are. That was not my story at all. I loved it. I loved every moment of it. I was uh, what I would call an all-star altar boy. I think I was one of the best incense lighters in the land and never missed the proper time to ring the bells. And uh, if, for those of you who grew up Catholic, you know what I'm talking about. Now I don't get to Catholic Mass too often. Every once in a while I get there, but uh, still a huge part of who I am and a huge part of my growing up process. Now, one of the things that you learned while you were growing up Catholic, really I suppose you learned this if you were Lutheran or really any Protestant uh, background, is something called the Lord's Prayer. I have said this prayer, if you count the times I said it growing up, I've said this prayer thousands upon thousands of times. And even if you're not a church-going person or if you've never been a church-going person, you may have heard this anyway. And what the prayer says is it's, it's Jesus' words, and he says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, because I said this prayer so many times, it really lost any meaning pretty quickly. Anytime you do something over and over and over, it has such a possibility of losing its purpose. And even before we start digging into this prayer that Jesus teaches, uh, it's important that we learn from just that, that we learn that when you do things over and over and over and over, they can lose their effectiveness and lose their meanings. The importance of this is if you're an entrepreneur or if you're a difference maker or somebody that's just doing great things in this world, you want to be careful not to become too much of a doer and lose track of why you're doing what you're doing. I know putting together this podcast, doing the type of work that I do, if I'm not careful, I get in this routine and I forget the purpose behind what it is that I'm doing. Sure, it's a lot of work going after what you're passionate about. 
but that is even more the reason that we have to make it not a routine and remember that we need to keep it fresh each and every day so that we can continue to do great work in this world. All right, here we go. So one thing that not a lot of people know is that Jesus isn't just coming up with something brand new here. The Lord's Prayer, it depends on who you talk to, but the Lord's Prayer is Jesus quoting some other ancient Jewish prayers. Some would argue that he's quoting a single Jewish prayer and that he's changing some things to it. Others would argue that he's taking several ancient Jewish prayers and taking the best parts about them and bringing them together in one prayer. I'm going to focus on that idea because I think it makes the most sense within the context of what's going on. Right before Jesus introduces this prayer, he is, like he's almost always doing, getting on religious leaders. Religious leaders were the only people that Jesus ever told was going to hell. And it was only because they were always telling everybody else that they were going to hell. And he was basically like, hey, you keep telling everybody they're going to hell. If anybody's going to hell, it's you. And so Jesus is always getting on religious leaders. And in this particular situation, he is just letting them have it about the way that they were praying. What they were doing, if you read in Matthew 6, you will find that what they were doing is they would stand on street corners and they would just pray. And they would pray loud so everyone could hear them. Now, the Jewish tradition at that time especially, the prayers that they would pray were written prayers that everybody knew. And so they would just be speaking these out loud, making sure everybody could see how holy they were while they were saying these prayers. And so Jesus is like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a bunch of junk. And, and so he's chastising these poor religious leaders at the time. And then after he's done calling them out for what they're doing, he's saying, here's what you need to do. And then he says, when you pray, pray like this. So when we hear the Lord's Prayer, this isn't Jesus saying, you have to say it just like this every time. It's Jesus taking ancient Jewish prayers and taking the, the parts out of them that he really wanted to highlight and say, here's what matters. Here's what matters. You don't have to do like these religious leaders are and make a big scene and say all these prayers perfectly. You just need to focus on what's important. And he basically goes through and I would say he takes, depending on how you look at it, it looks as if he's taking parts of about four different prayers that were really common at the time. Doesn't really matter. But we're going to, to take each little portion of it and look at what he grabbed and why he grabbed it and what he's saying by teaching us to say it. The first part of the prayer that Jesus teaches says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Before we go too far, really important to just make sure we understand what all the words mean. And there's a strange word in here, hallowed. And what that word simply means is holy. So it's saying, all right, our Father, you are holy. And it's taking the attention off of ourselves and putting it onto something greater. Remember what Jesus was speaking against. Jesus is speaking against people who are standing on a street corner, making it all about themselves. And so when Jesus is coming against them, the first thing that he says, in prayer terms actually, is he says, don't make it all about yourself. Make it about who you're praying to. Now, this doesn't have to be something that only applies to religious people. This applies to everyone because the moment that you make it about yourself is the moment that you stop making a difference. 
Nobody wants to be around selfish people and nobody wants to be around somebody who only talks about themselves. That's the worst, right? And so Jesus is just saying the first perspective that we have to get here is that our lives have to be about so much more than just ourselves. Our dreams have to be about so much more than just ourselves. Our purpose has to be way beyond just ourselves. Because when we're selfish, what that does is it creates a lot of damage. Selfish people, if you look behind them, you will see just a trail of destruction. You will just see one thing after another not making a difference in this world. And so we don't want to be that. And if we have this thing that's deep inside of us, the, the challenge is we get so wrapped up in this purpose and this thing that we're doing with our lives that sometimes it becomes this, the only thing that we'll talk about. And if people are around us, they're thinking, oh my gosh, if I have to hear about Jesus never ran one more time, I'm going to throw up in my mouth. <laughs> and so Jesus starts the prayer by saying, listen, don't make it about yourself. One of the greatest ways that you can start your day is to open up your eyes and remember that this is bigger than you, that this is greater than you, that there's a realization that this world is bigger than just me. So often I'll wake up and the first thing on my mind is the list of things I have to do that day. And that's important. I mean, I've got to get some things done. But what that's doing is it's putting all of the focus on me and what I have to get done. And the best thing that we can do is open up our eyes and remember, hey, what I'm doing is important, but it's not the only thing in town. What I'm doing is important, but it's just a piece of the puzzle. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's not just about me. second part about the prayer says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, this doesn't have to apply just to people who believe in the Bible or in Christianity. The idea behind this statement is that heaven represents perfection. So what does perfection look like to you? It looks like beauty. It looks like love. To me, it looks like a world where everybody belongs and everybody has a purpose. And so, Again, what would you, if you would picture heaven, what would that look like to you? And, and even put it in some words. Maybe if you're listening to this, jot some things down on a piece of paper that are next to you. Of course, unless you're driving, then don't do that. Just think about it. That's fine. But heaven would be this place where, where everything is as it should be. And so when we talk about your kingdom come, we're saying God's kingdom, which basically is perfection. And it's saying we want that to happen here on earth. And so when we take this picture of perfection, listen, I'm not advocating that we'll ever see perfection on this earth. We certainly will not. We have a mess of a world and there's so much that's wrong with this world that we're not in a place where we're going to see perfection in this world. We're going to see glimpses of greatness, glimpses of beauty, glimpses of love, but we're not going to see a perfect world. But that doesn't mean we can't still aim to find a perfect world by what we're doing. Here's what I mean. I think I've shared this story before and I will share it again. But when I was growing up and when I was in college, I was a part of a jazz program. That's really why I went to college was to learn more about jazz music and learn how to play jazz music. And I had an instructor who told our whole band, he said, here's, your, here's the plan for this next song. I want you to play it absolutely perfect. Now, 
all of us knew that you can't play a tune perfectly. There's always something that you can do better. No musician can play a perfect song because there's always an inflection that you could do better. There's always a dynamic that you could do better. It's never perfect. So we knew that he wasn't speaking literally but figuratively. And what he was saying and what he said right after that, he said, if your goal is to play this song perfect, you'll fail every single time. And he was absolutely right. He said, if your goal is to play this song mediocre, you'll probably hit that goal. But if you try for perfection and miss, you will play the song better than if you try for mediocrity and hit it. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, hey, I want perfection to come down to this earth. That's not going to happen. But if you don't focus on it, we won't even get close. And so what can you do? What is your purpose? What does your passion do that's going to bring a little bit of perfection to this world? And I think really it's less about the things that we do and more about the ways that we do them. What I mean by that is it's all about our attitude. It's all about the way that we treat people. We can do the right thing. I'm putting that in air quotes. I know you can't see it. We can do the right thing with the wrong spirit or the wrong attitude. It can, and then it can feel like the wrong thing. And then there's times we can do the wrong thing with the right attitude and it can feel like the right thing. But the purpose and the, the point of this whole thought is that it's all about how we present ourselves and it's how, all about how we treat other people. Because that is going to make a difference in this world. I can think of times when I was having a bad day or even a bad month or a bad year for that matter. And when people would show me just a little concern or a little compassion, it would make all the difference in the world. And it would remind me that I matter and that I've got a purpose and that I can keep going. We have no idea what people are going through that we interact with from day to day. We don't know what that coach is going through. We don't know what that teacher is going through. We don't know what that cashier at the grocery store is going through. We don't know what that other driver is going through. And we don't know what that person passing us on the street is going through. So why don't we just choose to show compassion? And why don't we choose to show kindness? Because we never know how we might affect somebody through that. Just a little smile, a little hello, a little how you're doing might make a huge difference in somebody's life. I sure hope that there have been times in my life when I've just done little things that have really changed the trajectory of somebody's day. That would make me feel so great about myself. Hey, I've said this a lot, if not on this podcast in a lot of different situations. Your title matters very little to me. It's how you live out that title in your life. You might be a teacher, but that's not what matters. It's how you're a teacher. I've met a ton of teachers who really aren't that great. They just mail it in every single day and collect a paycheck. And then I've met teachers who are literally changing the lives of the students they come in contact with. So it's not about being a teacher, it's about how you're being a teacher. I've met people with the title of pastor that have done some really hurtful things to people. And then I've met other pastors who have done things that have changed people's lives for the good. It's not that you are a pastor, it's how you are a pastor. I've met some of the most amazing parents in the world that do things in ways that just bring their kids to life. And then I've met parents who just aren't good, who are doing really hurtful things to their kids. So it's not just that you are a parent, it's how you are a parent. And that is such an important lesson for us all to keep in mind. It's how we live this life in every single moment of every single day that makes a true difference. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bring perfection 
to this earth every chance that you get. The next part of the prayer comes directly from an ancient Jewish prayer that was said at mealtimes, and that is, give us this day our daily bread. So that's the part that Jesus was taking. And what Jesus is saying is, what you should do is you should ask God to give you what you need to survive. So we can certainly include food with that, but you could also include having a roof over your head, money in your pocket, whatever it is that you need to sustain yourself. There are really two ways to go about life. Option one is to build a really safe life in which you control everything. And option two is to go after those things deep in your heart and live a life of adventure and purpose. Here's the thing. Option one is a facade. It's not real. I've met so many people who have spent a big majority of their lives trying to create a huge security blanket so that nothing will go wrong. And then, of course, that bubble pops when something goes wrong. That bubble pops when you lose your job. That bubble pops when the economy tanks or you lose a loved one or you get divorced. Like, it's all gone. And so this idea of building security really doesn't have much to stand on. It feels like it does, but again, it's just a facade. Option two is quite different. Option two is the option where you trust that if you do what you're supposed to do and if you be your own unique self in this world, that you'll be taken care of one way or another. The universe has this way of taking care of those people who are living out their purpose and their mission and being their own unique self. I've seen this happen in so many people's lives, in the lives of those people who are really going after their dreams and really trying to make a difference in this world and trying to make this world a better place. And I can speak for myself. I mean, two decades of living like this, just living a life where I do what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing at this point in my life. So many times when I was worried about whether I was going to be able to pay the bills, so many times where I wasn't sure how that was going to happen. And what I found is that if my attention would go to, okay, am I going to have enough money? When my attention would go to, okay, am I going to be able to pay that bill? Then I would just get stressed out and the situation wouldn't get any better. However, if I would turn that attention and just focus on my purpose, focus on my mission, then the bills and the money and everything else, it would just have a way of working itself out. Look, there's no guarantees in this life. Whatever way you decide to live, There's no guarantees, but all I have is my experience to take from. And my experience has shown me that if I focus on what I'm here on this earth to do, that everything tends to work out. It just has every single time. Don't don't hear me saying to just fly by the seat of your pants. That's actually an old pilot term where they would, if they couldn't see, and you know that was before they had instrument panels, they would actually trust what they were feeling between their rear end and the seat of the airplane. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. They were just totally flying by how things felt. And you wouldn't want it not to work out as a pilot because when it went bad, it went really bad. So don't fly by the seat of your pants. Just surround your purpose with a great plan. Surround your purpose with systems of sustainability. It's, it's really just taking a wise concept and applying it to something that matters to you deeply. Give us this day our daily bread. Trust that if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing in this world, that things are going to be okay. 
In this next part of the prayer, Jesus adds a piece from the original prayer that it was taken from. He adds something to it. So this is the part of the prayer that Jesus brings something new to the table. What he brings is the part about us forgiving others. So talking about God forgiving us, that's just ancient truth that Jewish people and anybody in this faith would have understood. But the idea that we have the power to forgive others, that's something that was never talked about. So when Jesus said this, it would have infuriated all of the religious leaders because they didn't believe that people had that kind of power. They believed that that was something that only God had. But Jesus challenged that thought by saying, no, we actually have the power to forgive other people. Learning to forgive others is, I would argue, one of the most important tools that we can have that will help us live a healthy and meaningful life. And bitterness, that will hinder your ability to make a difference in this world almost more than anything else. I can only tell you from experience that living with purpose creates a, a ton of opportunities to forgive people. I don't know why it is, but it's it's just this this truth. I was thinking about this even earlier today that Boy, just living this life where I'm really trying to do what I feel like I should do, it just creates so many places in my life where I really have to focus on not holding bitterness against others. When, you know, when people don't understand you or when they don't agree with you, it's really hard. And one of the biggest challenges is that people are often offended when you go after your dreams in life. It seems like people should be so excited when other people are going after their dreams, but I've just found that that's not always the case. And just people that are doing great things often find themselves in the midst of a lot of controversy and a lot of naysayers. And I think it's probably simply because people who are living kind of a mundane life, they see somebody else doing something extraordinary and they're jealous or they wish deep down inside that they could do the same. And, and a lot of times that manifests itself in hurtful things. But we can't get caught up in that. We can't get caught up in people not being for us because we have to listen to those positive voices in our lives more than the hard ones and the hurtful ones. But the hurtful ones are real and unfortunately we feel those so much more than we feel the good voices in our lives. And so the challenge that we have is that we have to get good at forgiving other people. Here's what forgiveness should look like. Somebody's hurt you. Somebody's offended with you. We don't need to spend all of our time defending what we're doing. We don't need to spend a ton of our time focusing on this issue. We just need to, in our heart and in our minds, set this person free, get this out of our hearts and out of our minds, and then just move on. So many times when we get hurt or somebody comes against us, we want to take all of this time to justify ourselves or justify what we're doing or prove that we're right. And a lot of times that's irrelevant and we're just wasting everybody's time. We have important things to do and we don't know how long we have on this, on this earth. So let's stay focused and let's just get good at forgiving and moving on. Forgive us our debts as we forgive others. Get good at hearing the naysayers, putting bitterness behind you, and continuing to move forward. last part is lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil 
The beginning stage of going after something that matters in this world has this incredibly natural, humbling effect. <laughs> what I mean by that is doing something that matters is hard, it's time-consuming, and it will suck you dry, and it will keep you humble very naturally. So often we want things to move fast, and usually that's not the case, so that keeps us humble as well. And there's this natural temptation that also comes with that. So if we allow that to happen, we'll keep humble in the midst of going after whatever it is that we're going after. But if we're not careful, we will feed into the temptation that is always lurking. What is that temptation? Well, it's a temptation to do things that are outside of what you feel you should be doing. And that could be for the sake of money. It could be for the sake of getting known. It could be for the sake of putting whatever you're doing on the map. And we'll do this and we'll be tempted to do this. And every single time that we fall into that temptation, it ends up hurting that thing that we're doing. You may be tempted to make a decision that at face value seems like, hey, this is going to speed up the process or this is going to make me some quick money. <laughs> you may be facing that decision right now while you're listening to this. But the reality is, is if it doesn't line up with what you're trying to accomplish, it's going to end up going bad. Every time, every single time that's going to go bad. Make sure everything that you're engaged with is lining up with what you feel like you're supposed to be doing. Do not fall into the temptation that I'm going to get you there quicker or I'm going to make you more money or I'm going to get you more exposure or whatever it may be. Those things are going to come along. People are going to see what you're doing and if it's even mildly successful or interesting, people might want to be a part of it. And we have to get good at saying no at the appropriate times. We say in our family that no is a holy word because there's time when there's times when it's just the right thing to do. Falling into a temptation that's going to help you in the short term will always hurt you in the long term. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. Don't fall into the trap that faster and bigger is better. Hey, I know this has been a lot to chew on, but I believe this prayer that Jesus gives us is a prayer of purpose and that it can keep us centered and focused. So my challenge for you is to intentionally slow yourself down in order to gain some perspective. Give yourself an extra five to 10 minutes at the beginning of each and every day to say this prayer slowly and to reflect on each part. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Do this each and every day and see how it affects your attitude and your ability to make a difference. Hey, if you need a little help getting from where you are to where you want to be, make sure you check out The Walking Club at www.jesusneverran.com. I know when I was getting Jesus Never Ran going, I needed some help. That's no joke. And I would have loved to have The Walking Club. So make sure you check it out. It's a video series that will help you go through the steps that you need to in order to accomplish what you're trying to get done in this world. Next time we hear from a person who is the poster child 
of living a life that matters. Oh yeah, and she just happens to be my wife. Listen in next week. <laughs>